everyone, welcome to Don't Call Me a Guru. I'm your host, Linda Huang, and today we'll be learning about using social media to build a personal brand, community, and what it's like to do social media in the travel industry. Don't Call Me a Guru is recording at Nate's Radio Studio in Edmonton, Alberta, and we're a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB Financial. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to rate this podcast five stars and share it on social media. We'll get right into it. Today's guest is Brittany LeBlanc, the self-described best person to follow on the internet. <laughs> Brittany is a popular Edmonton social media specialist who's worked in news, startups, and travel. She's also built a pretty engaged following of her own uh, through just personal, personal use of social media. And that's kind of what I wanted to kick off talking about, Brittany. Um, can you share with the audience, people who, who don't know you, might not know you, um, share how you've used social media to build your brand and engage community over the years. Yeah, I, for sure. I would first like to point out that there is video of you on the internet calling me the best person to follow on the internet, so it's not self-described anymore. It's just out there. I, it's out there. It's beautiful. I would like it's, to point out that that video excluded the self-described part, which was initially in <laughs> the I description. don't know what you're talking about, <laughs> and I will deny it. All right. Best person to follow on the internet. Thank you. You said it again. <laughs> it's been marked. Why? <laughs> Uh, that's a very good question. Uh, because I am fun, I guess. I uh, So who am I on the internet? I am very much the same person that I am in real life, which is weird. Um, because I think a lot of people like to have a curated aesthetic. They like to have more of, um, more of a like highlights and no lowlights of who they are. And I am very much who I am. I am maybe a little bit more sweary in real life than I am on the internet, although I have sworn a lot more on the internet in the most recent years. <laughs> there was a while where I was really trying to like temper it a bit and mm -hmm. I got in trouble because I swore the first time I ever swore on Twitter, I believe, was you because I was angry about Tim Hortons running out of chocolate Timbits. Wow. Because it was like five in the morning. Where'd they go? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I swore and I dropped an F-bomb and somebody was just like, I can't believe that you just swore. And I was like, yeah, I swear all the time. It's it's fine. Like, this is part of my brand. And it's part of who I am. Um, and I don't have any problems about swearing. And I think that just know your audience. Mm -hmm. You're fine. But yeah, so I'm very much a person who likes to share a lot about my life, about the things that I'm doing, the things that I believe in. Um, I share a lot about my migraines that I have, sharing the lowlights as well, just because I think it's important to talk about it and to be really open about things that you're going through. So if you're going through um, chronic illnesses or mental health issues or having a bad time at the mall, I think that all of that is relevant. And I like to always tell people that whatever you're talking about, as long as it's something you're interested in, as long as you're genuinely interested in the thing, it's probably relatable. It's probably something that somebody else can relate to and wants to talk about. Mm -hmm. Something that I like about you is that you're right. It's not just all very positive, the things that you share on social media. Um, you know, if you're running into issues, probably other people are facing those same issues. And I find that sometimes you give a voice to that where some people may may not want that in their social media. And certainly, you know, I, I recommend most people probably stay away from negativity, <laughs> but it seems to work for you. Yeah. And I wouldn't say like, I wouldn't say I'm all negative all the time. I mean, nobody wants to follow that and mm -hmm. nobody wants to be around that person who's negative all the time. But uh, I definitely think there's truth to it and to being who you actually are as a person is we all have good days. We all have bad days. I mean, sometimes you have a bad experience at the mall and you want to tell people like, hey, this is a real problem that we aren't 
um, serving a wide variety of people coming to the mall to shop here or we're not um, ex- including these people in the conversation. And I think that that's a very valuable thing that you need to bring awareness to and you need to tell people about. Um, whenever I go see a therapist or things like that, I like to um, share that I'm doing this, that I'm on this journey, that it's okay, even if you don't feel like you have something major that you want to discuss, doing a check-in, like going in to see somebody and talk to somebody, if you're covered, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. And I fully understand that like I have the benefit of being able to go to see people or to talk to people through my work. And that's amazing. And not everyone has that. And how do we find resources for people who don't have that access? Mm Mm-hmm. So you've obviously been able to harness social media to build up your own brand. You've clearly got your own voice and kind of the way that you write and the things that you talk about. What is your advice for people who who want to do the same? Personal branding right now is, I think, a pretty popular topic. Um, Yeah. What advice do you have for people who want to use social media to really put themselves out there? Yeah, I think that's a very solid question. I think it's something you definitely need to think about. You need to think about... um, what do you want to talk about? What are the areas that you feel comfortable pr- talking about? Um, are you going to, what are you going to put out there? What kind of photos will you be putting out there? Um, do you have a website? How are you linking to it? Et cetera, et cetera. Like what social networks do you want to be on? I definitely think that, I mean, especially where we live, Twitter's huge. Like it's very used here. It's a very active community. For the most part, very nice community, but every <laughs> once in a while goes a little bit sideways. Uh, I think Instagram obviously is huge right now, but I think as we have talked about, and we'll probably talk about it again, I think Instagram is one false move away from crumbling down. Like it's a house of cards right now. So I think that those are definitely things to consider. I think nobody has it all figured out right away. So definitely play around with it. Find out what works for you. Find out what you feel comfortable with. I think if you're going to do something, if you actually want to go on there, like don't go on there being a brand, go on there being yourself, like Mm -hmm. be yourself. It doesn't mean you have to show every single thing about yourself, Mm -hmm. but talk about the things that are important to you. Um, Hear other people, follow other people, see what their their experiences are like. Um, If you're just using as a way to broadcast, that's not, you're not building community. You're not doing anything. You're not being a part of the conversation. So definitely make sure that you're engaging and engage in good faith. Don't engage with um, like false engagement. Don't set up a bot on your Instagram to like other people's photos and say, good job, guys, or Mm -hmm. whatever. Um, And kind of just see like what your niche is and find other people in your niche. Find other people in the community and follow them. Follow people who are relevant or have interests relevant to your interests. I like to say... Um, you know, what what topics do you want to be associated with you when you're thinking about building your personal brand? But I like what you what you mean about being yourself. Yeah. I think that's very important. And then it's just it's just then really plucking out sort of the issues uh, that matter to you, issues or things that you really like and that that aren't issues. Definitely. I have stopped following accounts for the most part that are fake accounts or not accounts of actual humans. So if Hmm. you are setting yourself up as boxfan82 and your photo is a box and you only share photos of cardboard boxes that you find on the street because you're a fan of cardboard boxes. I mean, that sounds kind of fun. (laughs) That's great. That's great. And you have a great niche. But people might have a hard time connecting with you. And there are some people. Yeah, there are some people like myself who will not engage. And 
I mean, I have uh, an avatar that's been drawn because I like to support local artists and get them to draw different artists, um, sweet avatars and things like that. But I also post a lot of photos of myself. Not too many, I mean, enough. You post a lot of selfies. I post a lot of selfies <laughs> and a lot of photos out and about, which, I mean, you do as well. Mm-hmm. Um, because people like to connect with people they know and mm-hmm. they can get to know you by seeing you do things and participate in things. And so it's really helpful to put yourself out there. Not everyone's going to be comfortable with that. But it's important to be an actual person mm-hmm. and to not be a stuffed animal or a cardboard box or right. whatever. The conversations that you have with people is key to building up, one, a brand, but also a community that would rally behind you. Absolutely. Great. So in terms of the platforms, so me and Brittany are, are friends. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way I'll that you dejectedly <laughs> said that in the microphone, like, ugh, deep sigh. So me deep and Brittany sigh. are friends. However, Brittany <laughs> will often post things on Twitter that I wouldn't touch with a 10-foot Oh, pole. not even a so little bit. So we're quite different in that regard. I see... I, I, I see you as using social media as a platform to raise awareness for issues that issues that are meaningful and important to you. Um, can you can you talk about sort of your approach to that? Yeah, absolutely. So <laughs> I would say that I, we provide a very good balance to each other. Um, in our friendship, you are always positive. You always <laughs> see the bright side in everything. I personally hate it, um, <laughs> but I understand it and I appreciate it. And it provides a good balance. I am not always seeing the negative, but I like to be right. a little bit more practical and balanced in my approach. And so sometimes I will be weighing things and you're like, you're too negative. And I'm like, well, I'm just weighing it. Like I'm weighing it right now. Let me, let me make my pros and cons and then decide. And you're just like immediately positive. What's wrong with you? And it's um, a fun, fun balance, but it leads to us sometimes having fights at the mall and it's great. Um, yeah, but those are the best. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's fun. Uh, for issues. Yes, absolutely. So <laughs> But because of that, because I'm a person who likes to think things over, because I am loud and opinionated, which I mean, shockingly, somebody on the internet is loud and opinionated. But because of that, I don't feel like I should not share my voice. And I, I think that um, sharing important information and getting it out there and raising awareness and making people aware of the issues that are out there and even something that you might not um, know about. And it can be a, something as simple as I like to put my pronouns in my um, Twitter bio and all my bios, actually, because uh, my pronouns are she, her. And I like to let other people know what my pronouns are so they feel comfortable also sharing. Uh, and it's a small thing that we can do that makes a really big impact because we should all be thinking about that and considering how we interact with people in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just a small thing that makes things more inclusive for everyone, which is really nice. And doing that isn't a huge thing. It's sometimes controversial, but it should not be controversial. Um, But I think that raising awareness and bringing light to things like that are important. To talk about living with a chronic illness, which it took me a long time to come around to the idea of having a chronic illness because I felt like it wasn't illness enough Mm -hmm. to talk about it. um, So I think that was something really important to Understand that I have a platform as a white Canadian, you know, middle class, 
if I'm lucky, individual, <laughs> um, I have a platform and I have a voice, but I have other friends who do not necessarily have that voice. So if I can raise um, awareness of issues for the Indigenous people of Canada, for other people of color, for uh, especially like women of color, for queer people, um, because, you know, there's a lot of issues that impact us on the regular. And it's if I have a platform, I need to share it. I need to get that out there. And I think that one thing I saw, I was laughing about it the other day with some queer friends um, about how it was like, oh, well, as a queer person, everything's political. And it is kind of because everything that impacts our life becomes a larger conversation. Mm -hmm. And it's disappointing. It shouldn't have to be. But that is kind of the way that we go through life. And so um, raising awareness to that, to the voices of women, it's important and it needs to be done. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I really appreciate that about you. Thank you. Even if it's not necessarily issues that I want to dive into. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? And that's why we are good balance because sometimes I, you know, it's just a DM where you can be like, hey, you feel okay wading into this? Do you mind going in there? And more often than not, I do because I think we, um, although we have a lot of disagreements and we don't always align the same in our views. I think that we are very respectful of it for the most part. And there's like, there's some divisive topics and <laughs> sometimes they're as dumb as like, is this cheating in the video game? And I don't think it's cheating, but you think it's cheating. You, you will die on that hill. You should not be looking at rule at, at <laughs> game cheat. Sh it's literally called a cheat sheet. You shouldn't be looking at that when you're playing a video game. <laughs> All right. We are, okay. We're not going to agree on this. Uh, but I appreciate the fact that that's what we disagree on <laughs> is something like that and not like right. women are people. Right. So you know, we're in the right place for those important, for yeah, the important absolutely. issues. But yeah, I think that anyone who has that sort of um that sort of platform should be raising should issues. That. And that's I I mean, the blog post that you wrote where you're talking about you and Mike and the issues that you guys are having with your unexplained fertility. I mean, I think it was like over a year ago that I was like, write this article like write this blog post because there's so many people out there who are like you. Mm -hmm. And sharing that is so powerful. It connects you to all those people. And I think Sharing the bad as well as the good, it, it's it's human. Mm -hmm. It's amazing, but also it helps people feel less alone. It does, yeah. After I posted that uh, that blog, I literally got probably like almost a thousand messages from women and men, um, yeah. yeah, who could relate or couldn't relate, but it it really moved them or made them think about it from a different perspective. Yeah, it's it can be powerful. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So um, Brittany sort of alluded to it. Uh, we'll go to an ad break first. But when we come back, we will talk about why Instagram, according to Brittany, is just one false move away from crumbling. Is there, is there any better teaser to, to, to stick around than that? <laughs> this episode of Don't Call Me a Guru is sponsored by Perch, the podcast by ATB. Perch connects with the experts, influencers, and big thinkers who are shaping our province. Each series connects to the topic of the most recent issue of Perch, a research publication produced by ATB. Learn more by visiting atb.com slash perch. All right, so we are back 
talking with Brittany LeBlanc, a social media specialist. She's built her own brand using social media, and we're going to get into some of her more professional experience in a bit. But Brittany has some thoughts about Instagram. (laughs) Brittany has opinions. And when we're talking about, you know, giving a platform for issues, this is your platform, (laughs) Brittany. This This is my rant against Instagram. We actually talk a lot about Instagram's algorithm, how it's not showing um, users as many photos as it once did, all these, you know, different ways that people are now trying to get people to sign up for notifications or, you know, like this so that I show up more or watch my story so that you get this. So there's all these like little hacks in theory that you can do. Um, But I want to know your take on why why you're saying that Instagram is maybe just one more move away from losing its uh, its audience, its users. Yeah. So, I mean, first of all, Instagram, love it. Hate it. <laughs> it hates you, it, I think. It hates me so much, <laughs> and I don't know why. And it's really interesting because, as an aside, Linda and I compare stuff all the time. We've had Instagram races where we've posted similar uh, photos <laughs> with captions to see how they would do uh, because we are – sick. We're cool. Uh, we're super cool. But also <laughs> have a weird sickness where we need to know more about everything and how things perform, mm-hmm. which I think if you're listening to this podcast, you're also That's probably you're one of these people as well. Um, but it seems like no matter what I do, <laughs> Instagram hates me. And it will just like, it won't show my photo to people. I will, it doesn't matter if I'm using the right time, if I'm using the right hashtags, if I'm using. It's a great photo. Under, it's a, an amazing photo. It's beautiful. Everything's great. I'm posting enough on Instagram stories. I'm doing all the things that we always suggest. Like all these best practices. And sometimes that's unfortunately the truth is you can do every single thing in the best practice and sometimes they're just not going to show your stuff. Still it's still might not, not work for you. Which, yeah, you know, you- could be comforting for some people or, you know, terrifying. So <laughs> terrifying for social media strategists. It's so frustrating. <laughs> and so I think um, part of that is, you know, there's a lot of bots out there. And so if your photos are being shown to those bots and not to anyone who actually follows you and engages with you, that's a problem, right? Because it is only going to show your photo to a very small subset of the people who follow you. I mean, I'm constantly frustrated with the fact that I'll open my Instagram up and it'll be the same 10 photos over and over and over, like for an entire day. Even after you've already liked it. Even after I've liked it, it, I've engaged it, I've seen it. Or I'm just like, I'm sorry, I must roll past your baby. I'm not going to like your photo, your baby. I don't want to see more babies in my feed. (laughs) Sorry. It's it's the worst. You heard it here (laughs) first, people. Baby photos. (laughs) Almost certainly not going to like it. I am very sorry. Your babies are adorable aliens. Um, (laughs) But yeah, no. So it's just like, it's, it's very interesting. To kind of see that even if you do all the things right, Instagram sometimes just doesn't play along. And mm-hmm. I I mean, we've been there together when I've been like, oh, this is a great photo. We're going to do this thing. And I don't know. It just terrible. worked. And then I think um, not long ago they had leaked accidentally a, well, a new type of news feed that, that you were pretty concerned about. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so the infamous bug of Instagram. <laughs> so this was probably, was it early January, I guess, when this happened? Yeah, 2019, yeah. 2019. So, uh, and Linda missed it somehow, because apparently she's not as dedicated to Instagram or the internet as she's I am. trying to unplug, so, I think. Very, very frustrating. <laughs> but I was on, and a coworker was on, and we're both very heavy Instagram users. We really like Instagram. And as we're on there, It pops up, it's a screen, and it says, hey, now for your feed, instead of scrolling up and down, you're going to tap right and left. Sort of similar. Sort of like your stories. stories. Yes. However, 
hey, you know your friend who just posted 10 photos of the same mountain? You're going to have to look at all 10 of those photos before you get to the next person. Mm -hmm. You aren't going to see Linda's tacos <laughs> until you get past the 10 mountain photos. <laughs> and it's the it's a bad experience because sometimes I don't want to see your 10 mountain photos. And I'm sure they're lovely, but it's the same angle. <laughs> the clouds are the same. Like, there's nothing different here. I'm sorry. Right. Um, but you had a great time, and that's important. And I... That's great. I just don't want to see those photos. Uh, or tending your baby or dog or whatever it is, right. your car. So potentially this sort of swipe or tap through would affect people's... So instead of scrolling quickly mm -hmm. by, it, it forces you to engage with each photo, which from Instagram's perspective is great. Mm -hmm. But from a user perspective, it was horrific. Inauthentic engagement. It was inauthentic. And it was also just like, that's not how people use Instagram. Mm -hmm. I mean, already you have people who are upset because it's no longer a chronological timeline. Mm -hmm. There's no way to change it. There's no way to fix it. So you're seeing photos from all over the place and you're not always getting the things that you want to see in your feed. And so people already are upset about that. They're not liking it. They're finding that they're getting less engagement. They're finding that they're not seeing their friends as much. They're missing important life announcements. They're missing important events. Uh, not everyone wants to have it, notifications on for every person that they follow, mm -hmm. which I understand. I know that you have one for me because you like all my stuff, right, Linda? I do. Excellent. Thank you. That, that actually... was a test. <laughs> that was a test, Linda. You passed. Uh, I do have one for you as well because friendship. Thank you. Um, but there's a lot of people that I don't want to have notifications for. I just want to see their stuff as it comes in the feed. And it's mm -hmm. not that I don't like their stuff. It's just I we all have notification fatigue from getting so many. For sure. So the Instagram... Uh, feed was now that you have to tap through every single photo. And it was just a terrible, terrible experience. And so much so that I was just like, this is this is bad. Like, I don't know how people are going to use Instagram like mm -hmm. this. And my coworker, being very dramatic, came over and he was like, I'm going to delete this immediately. I now hate Instagram. <laughs> and in the next half an hour, you saw people who'd log on to Instagram and they'd have this experience. And there were so many people, and we're always dramatic. Whenever there's a change everywhere, yeah, we're always say. we're always over Social dramatic media about users it. Users are generally very upset if their if their newsfeed interface changes, which is a hundred percent fair. <laughs> but I would say this is this was such a major shift mm -hmm. and such a bad decision to roll out. That I mean, they reversed it, well, then, which yeah. they said then was they called it, it was a bug. A bug. However, if you're going to accidentally release a bug, it's not usually going to have a step-by-step -step guide of how to use <laughs> this bug. That seems very weird to me for bugs. Uh, but yeah, so people really didn't like it. And the amount that people unifiedly hated this and so hugely was, I mean, impressive. I don't think we've seen anything that people have hated that much. I mean, everyone, of course, hates the fact that the feeds are not chronological on Instagram. I don't know a single person who's like, you know what I love? that but <laughs> here's what you missed here's here's what you missed just tell me more about that tell me more about my friend liking something that i don't care about at all or liked as a guilty pleasure and now everyone knows your shame yeah uh so i mean there's things that we don't like but we can live with but this was such a fundamental shift mm -hmm. and it just showed that they had no idea how their people experience the platform that they use that i think that if instagram rolls out something like that again it's gone like, if that was a permanent feature mm -hmm. that was actually rolled out to Instagram, there are people like, you know, my coworker who is a super user who uses this all the time who will just leave the platform. And so I do worry. I mean, and it's – I think as a person who uses social media for life, but also if we're marketing for everything else that we do. Professionally. Professionally and personally, I think that it's kind of this terrible tightrope act that we walk all the time, which is – I mean, what day does Facebook finally do a scandal? 
that mm-hmm. everyone stops using Facebook. Mm-hmm. And now you have one more tool and thing that you use doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's nothing that's coming up that can beat any of these things. We've seen a whole bunch go through. I have an entire folder of old social networks that like I go and check every once in a while. I'm like, yeah, you're doing anything? They're not. MySpace? Uh, <laughs> not MySpace, although I think MySpace it's just like, coming back? I think it's just Tom and I hanging out. It's a great time. I actually follow Tom on Instagram now. I'm sure that he you do. He just travels the world and takes cool photos. He's all the money in the world. He's yeah, fine. So. He's, he's set. Who still remembers uh, Tom from MySpace? Tw- like literally tweet everyone. at us. Literally everyone. You know what? Here's the real supercut. Who remembers Timo from Nexopia? Oh, that's a gosh. that's a very Canadian niche right there. I don't remember that. I don't remember Nexopia. Like I remember paying for a plus account so I could see who visited my profile. Oh, wow. But I never like used the features publicly so people didn't know that I could see them creeping me. So here's the fun I <laughs> never paid for plus, and I'm sorry, Timo. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I never paid for it, but I was a pick mod. And so we moderated oh, all of your pictures. And so. if you moderate an X amount per month, you got plus for free. Oh, and so nice. I just, I constantly just, there I worked go. away, volunteered some time doing that. That's and actually a feature, was, honestly, the like seeing who visited your profile. It's amazing. But that hasn't really carried on to other social networks. I don't know what you're talking about. LinkedIn loves it. You're <laughs> telling me all the time how many people have visited my okay, profile. Outside of LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah, outside of, outside of LinkedIn, probably not. Uh, I think it would be something very interesting. Yeah. I think it would also be something horrific. I mean, if you have that on Instagram, there are some people who creep some people's oh, accounts. Yeah. That oh, yeah. I don't think anyone needs to know that much. <laughs> but yeah, no, I have a lot of uh, good memories of Nexopia, despite the dumpster fire it sometimes was. I always hated that it added the Nexopia watermark on the bottom of the picture, though. You need to know where it came from. I, mean, I think MySpace did the same thing. I don't know. Like, I think all of them did. Well, not Facebook. Well, but Facebook. Facebook is a rating site to see who's hot or not. They're not going to put that <laughs> We're not going to put that on there. We could talk about origins of social networks all day long. Oh, we could. But um, just bringing it back to, you know, how sort of your views on Instagram could could then be useful for social media specialists. So I think we've got we've we've got some summary here. It's like you know what you can really be doing everything right, and it and your and your post might not still be performing where you want it to be. And you know what. That you got to be okay with that. Keep keep trying, keep experimenting, keep putting out good content. But sometimes you really are at the mercy of the social network that you're using. I think about that often, actually, when I see businesses only get a Facebook page as their website. Oh yeah, like that terrifies me because at any moment Facebook could charge you for it. Facebook could remove all this. Facebook could do whatever they want. Well, and for Facebook pages, they're hiding things yeah, from exactly. the timeline, so it's. I, I mean, it's great that you I mean, want to be on there. the models really worked for them. So their ad industry is like booming. It's okay, but even then, like, <laughs> how long is that ad industry going to continue booming when every few months it comes out, oh, they lied again. Yeah, oh, that's true. Oh, this, um, this also a, isn't Here's right. a clarification about this metric. Yeah. I mean, remember <laughs> when we told you all those people really enjoyed looking at this? Yeah, they yeah. didn't. This is what we mean by video views. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody existed near a Facebook account (laughs) and your video played in an alternate dimension and that counted as five views. I think I remember actually reading that some um, publishers were filing a lawsuit against Facebook because 
of their aggressive shift to video and sort of forcing everyone to, well, videos perform better, so you got to do video and people love watching video. And then all these publishers hired videographers and laid off like some of the more traditional media. And so, I mean, I think there's obviously a degree of responsibility on both ends. Don't just cut your staff because Facebook says video is the way to go. But uh, but yeah, it's scary how like yeah. if Facebook decides this is this is what the up and coming content is and this is what we're going to show people, um, then you've got to start scrambling and figuring out, oh, we got to do video now. Well, I think it's a it's a cautionary tale. I mean, I know we both are sometimes a little bit more choosy with who we work with and who we partner with. And I, I've definitely been in the room with people who have been like, well, we need videos and we need all this stuff. And I've, I've partnered with brands who are so proud of a video campaign that they've done because it's video. Mm-hmm. And it's got... It's like, what did it do for you? It's got no ROI whatsoever because right. you... Return on investment? I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, you know. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to talk down to you like... <laughs> Anyone else in this room? I'm not talking down. I'm just clarifying. I, but we, yeah, I've I've worked with some and shockingly large brands who are so proud of the 100 views this video series got, and they put some serious money behind it. And I mean, it's shocking to me. And I think that we have to understand that every single thing that we do on social media, and this is our job as marketers to educate, but also to not necessarily work with the brands that don't want to listen because I mean you don't want your name associated with that either and that's definitely something we have more of the luxury to do but Mm -hmm. I think that charge them more gouge gouge the businesses if they are going to ask you to do something very dumb and (laughs) Linda just grimaced but I I, I'm half joking half I think I think you're raising the good point that as a social media specialist or as that marketer, as that person who is supposed to be the expert that people are relying on to help make these decisions about where you're spending budgets and what kind of content you should be developing, that you should be choosy Mm -hmm. and you should ask why and what do you want to get out of this and how will we measure the success? You shouldn't just jump on something because that's the thing that people are doing right now. Although I do stand by like, I like experimenting. I agree. I love experimenting. I think don't experiment with a brand account. Experiment with your own account or something else first. Don't just go in there and immediately, you know, you don't see this from the larger accounts, right? You're not seeing Tostitos or whatever go out there. I don't know why Tostitos. I don't <laughs> I don't know. But you don't see, you know, big name X going out there and being like. Tostitos is not a sponsor of this podcast. I don't, I don't even, I don't even know the last time I had a Tostitos. I have no idea. Well, we're going to have Tostitos today. It's so awkward now. Everyone, please send Brittany photos and gifts of Tostitos. You don't see, you don't see Bark's Cream Soda. That's, I'm, I'm in now. Tostitos with lime. A hint of lime. No, I, that's actually the least Good Actually, one. Those no, are so bad. But anyway. So that's why we're going with a new partner. Bark's Cream Soda. The good one with the <laughs> weird colored can. So you don't see Bark's Cream Soda come out there and say, we're just testing this thing because nobody wants to test on a major account like that. And you shouldn't. <laughs> one time I saw a major local account. I won't name what it is. But name and shame. No, I'm not going to name and shame it, but I, I got it I, because I am a fan of their Facebook page. I got a notification that said, this brand is now going live. And then the caption was, testing. Oh, I, <laughs> I hate it. And I, I have struggled with this because yeah. I've worked with people who wanted you lives. Yeah. And I think so the main point of this before I get into this is that these are all tactics. Mm-hmm. And all the tactics can work really well in certain instances. Mm-hmm. 
But these should all be different tools in your toolbox. They should not be something that you throw at every single situation. Right. Because nothing will work 100% for every brand or for every person or for every situation. Should always be situation dependent and should always be able, you should always be able to tie it back to a bigger strategy or business goal. Going back to your questions, what is your outcome? What do we want to see with this? If you are testing something, you want to see, okay, if we do... Over the next three to six months, a live video strategy. Okay, what are you doing? What are you testing? What are you doing differently mm-hmm. if this works or it doesn't work? Mm-hmm. So I think... And what do you want to see out of that test? Absolutely. It's, it's very scientific in the way that you go back to your old biology. You know, what's the hypothesis? What do we want to mm-hmm. get out of here? What are we controlling? I like that that side of social... I'm very bad at math, but I like Same. <laughs> the that analysis side of it. You know, the A-B experimentation and, and that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, so with live video, I've had people who are like, oh, I just want to do live video. I'm just going to put it public to everybody. And I don't put it public to everybody. Make a small list. Make it you, me, you know, somebody else, and we'll test this video. We'll mm-hmm. see what it's like. Do we want to put filters on it? Does this work? Does the audio work properly? Is the lighting okay? Is the background okay? Um, and you want to make sure that you have all of this together and you know what you're doing. But some people are just they're wild. They're just like, they want to get out there. They want to tell the world. They want right. to tell all their friends that they're doing And it's great. But Barks Cream Soda, please don't do that. <laughs> uh, private accounts, private tests, you know, testing grounds, test p- playgrounds. I have uh, myself, I have a private Instagram account. Although you could like, clearly it's me. It's, it's extremely you. It's my- just eventually. Don't, why are you telling well, people? Well, no, like it's private, so they're. Not, I'm not gonna like. They're can not, we? Can we bleep that? No, we're not gonna bleep that. Maybe we should bleep. I'm it. just saying. I'm coming up on almost ten thousand photos on that account because I use it to test my test my pictures. I have used it to test live. I had like briefly yeah. accepted a few friends so that I could test some live stuff with them. Sorry, Brittany, you weren't on that. Wow, list. I was not <laughs> on that list. Um, but yeah, there's. But it's important. Yeah, there's a like, lot of value in testing things privately or with your own personal account before you. Roll it out. Absolutely. Um, I have I have fake I have fake test accounts on every social network because I want to test. Like, how does this look together? How does mm-hmm. this Facebook thing interact with this other thing? And I mean, some of them are just called like test, test, test or something, right? Like, <laughs> it's 100% fine. But the point is always test and find somebody. <laughs> like, find somebody else who is your friend. Like, how many yeah, times have we'll, we gone yeah, to each no, other yeah. and we'll talk to each other about, like, which of these work better? Like, in focus right. group. I've had friends who run other accounts be like, here's my Instagram story that I've just done. What's your feedback on it? Right. Is this okay? Does this work? We've also tested um, – so there is a feature on Instagram story where if you screenshot it, it will inform the other person, but only under very specific parameters. So I we've tested it, like, three times now, and I always forget which one it does it. I think it's only in DMs. <sighs> it's only in DMs <laughs> – Okay, we'll we'll test it. Look, just tweet us. We'll tell you which one it is. But yeah, so things stop screenshotting <laughs> our things. This is really the key point here. Anyways, um, we're gonna go to our last ad break of the podcast, and then when we come back, we're gonna talk about uh, some of Brittany's professional uh, professional experience. Because if you would believe it, all of that was just really just personal. Well, <laughs> personal some of it was some of it was professional. I know. <laughs> all right, so we'll be back in a moment. This episode of Don't Call Me a Guru is brought to you by the Let's Do Coffee podcast by the Maji Center at Nate. Each episode features an interview with a student, entrepreneur, or Nate alumnus. They dive into topics that explore their challenges, questions, and fears involved in operating their companies. Find the show at nate.ca slash Maji Center. 
All right, Brittany. So let's talk about your experience doing social media in the travel industry. You were recently with AMA Travel, and although you're no longer there, I know you've got some great insights. I have always thought. So debunk this. Is this a myth or is it not? You know, I've always thought. Doing social media for travel slash tourism has got to be so easy because you've just got this plethora of content. There's just so much content that you can use. People traveling here and there and everywhere. It's all this user generated stuff. You never really need your own original content. Is that a myth? I everything you just said hurts me. <laughs> so uh, for people who are not aware of the Alberta Motor Association, which is where I was doing AMA travel, uh, that is a motor association like a AAA or a CAA, but in Alberta, it's the Alberta Motor Association. So that's what that is. So I was working for the travel uh, arm of that. And in theory, it's sexy. Travel is a sexy topic to talk about, right? Everyone likes travel for the most part. There's some exceptions. Right. I mean, you, yeah, there's always industries where you're like, oh, you know what? That would be much easier to do social media in that industry versus that industry. Yeah, like selling pool chemicals would be a little bit tougher for me than to be right. like, have you considered going to a beach? Right. Beaches are <laughs> pretty nice, I guess. So, yes, uh, I mean, in theory, overall, 100%. It's sexy. It's amazing. And... I think that with any any social media account or brand or anything that you ever run, there are many things you have to do that are foundational, that set up the team for success. Uh, there's guidelines that you have to do. There's getting people bought in to guidelines. I mean, the organization that I was working for was huge. It's very um, a large corporate, like very close to government. So it takes a long time for things to go through and to change. It's very different than working for a, for a startup or doing something yourself or for a smaller brand. So... I mean, it's it's harder than you would think. It would appear, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely like it should be easier than that, but it is, it's it's harder to do and to do things like user generated content. Well, I mean, I everyone loves user generated content, but how are you going to use it? Where do you use it? How do you make sure that you have permissions to use it? Um, how are you curating the content? Where do you store it? How do you label it so you can get back later? Uh, there's a lot of things to think about. And I've done a lot of user-generated content in the past, either with campaigns. Um, I did a food community um, with GastroPost, and I have now done stuff with the Alberta Motor Association where we did um, user-generated content for travel. But it's difficult. And sometimes you want to start with um, your staff, but not everyone can take a good photo, <laughs> which is, is shocking. And it's we, I think, sometimes as social media people – think everyone can do it, right? Like how hard is it? Everyone has an Instagram account, you know, grandmas have Instagram accounts. But sometimes people forget, you know, take your photo, your fingers out of the photo. Make sure that the horizon is pretty even that you can see things. I'm always reminded of how we take our photography skills for granted. 100%. When I ask someone to take a picture of me oh my and my God. husband. <laughs> Every time I travel, so I am mostly a solo traveler. I don't have an Instagramable husband. Um, I would love to have Instagramable partners. Please uh, hit me up. I am currently looking for Instagramable partners, so uh, reach out to me. You've sort of perfected the art of, like, the timer. I've really tried. I did have an incident when I was in Miami in November. I had thought that I had the perfect timer situation. I have one of those pop sockets. It's going to lean. It's going to be perfect. And there's a beautiful photo set of my phone tumbling down a staircase. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I had to go find an Apple store to fix my screen because it was totally messed up. Uh, so I think that there's definitely 
a perk to traveling with other people because if you have to trust strangers, I mean, it's tough. And you can't always be like, ah, that person seems young and Instagram-y because they aren't. Uh, And I have a lot of very funny vacation photos that prove that. Uh, So we definitely know that like not everyone can take a photo. So sometimes it is setting up guidelines and setting up people for success Mm -hmm. so they know how to take something and they know what you're looking for. Uh, And there will always be things that surprise you. Uh, One time there were people on this amazing, incredible trip and they had this beautiful vista ahead of them. And if they had taken two steps (laughs) forward, they would have had just the vista and it would have been better focused and not focused completely on the um, terrible pigeon poop situation (laughs) that was happening in the forefront because it was just obviously like all the birds landed there um and it was very gross and just because of the nature of the photo you could not crop it to redeem the photo because cropping only works sometimes Mm -hmm. right sometimes you just have to take a better photo and so um so partly it's it's much better to do it right the first time post-production can't fit fix everything you can't and i mean anyone who's ever done a video with somebody can tell you that that is true i remember uh one time i again if we're talking about guidelines and and training people and and sometimes you just don't think about it if you're not if you're not in the field taking the pictures all the time um but it was a it was a concert that was very poorly attended and i remember the person taking the photo for social media took it in a way that showed that hundreds of seats were empty And it's just, you know, if you had just moved yourself a little closer to the stage and maybe just got the first row of people, then it could then it could have looked well. And I, I, we also have a background. We both have been in journalism. Yes. So we both don't feel awkward at all about moving yes. to the front of the room that to take is, a good photo you know, I either. do find that. Like, social media specialists, it's – I think I took that for granted because I remember telling different coordinators I've worked with – yeah, like, don't worry. Just say you're doing it for social media. Just go right up to the front. And they are very nervous about Absolutely. doing that. And, and I've never understood it, but you're right. It's because it's because we have this broadcasting and, and totally. radio TV background. And you never want to be rude. <laughs> yes, you always sure. want to get in, take the photo, and get out. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't want to stand in front of somebody. Uh, but, yeah, so I think it's always – it's interesting. We also take for granted, like, what do you take photos of? Mm-hmm. So if you're going on an amazing trip, you're going to experience your first ever cruise. Well, what do I take photos of? And there's so many things you can take photos of. But for us, we live it. We understand. We understand what people are interested in. Mm-hmm. But for people who aren't as engaged online, it, it's a huge learning curve. So I think that's really interesting um, and something to always consider is like how – what are your guidelines like? And I mean the sexiest part of our job is writing documentation. Mm-hmm. It's just like, oh, my God. Who doesn't love <laughs> a beautiful document? A well-thought-out oh. step-by-step guide. <laughs> and I, I don't know about you, but like every time I've ever started a new role – it's new documentation and yeah. you're coming into some place that needs help. And it, it's not even just a role. I mean, if you're working with a brand, working on voice and tone guides and mm-hmm. working on how do you say things. You really do you gif? Do you emoji? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot do of questions. Do you meme? Do you, do you meme? even meme, bro? Here's the thing. <laughs> do you meme? I'm going to say almost certainly not. <laughs> because most people cannot meme properly, right? They try too hard. It's it becomes true. too awkward. Um, and for every well-executed meme, there are. There's a, thousands there's a bunch of, of very cringy ones. And right. you never want to see yourself appear on, like, fellow cri- kids on Reddit or something. Mashable's list of oh, no, it's, 10 brands trying too hard. It's to- bad. <laughs> you don't you don't want that, right? And so I think you have to know who you, you are. You have to know who your brand is. And you have to know who you're representing. Mm-hmm. Um, and as dull as it sometimes can be to write out documentation, and I go – 
it's so important. And so, yeah, it's... You take that for granted, I think. Or some people can take that for granted. Absolutely. So travel, super sexy. But at the end of the day, the fundamentals are very similar to a lot of other places. In other industries, yeah. I'd say my last point I would make about taking photos, and I say this to everyone, and I'm always shocked if they don't do it, is that always take far more photos than you will ever use. Take 70 I 70 photos and you will use one of them. <laughs> there is nothing I hate more. So as somebody who has to take photos a lot, and so, I mean, sometimes I'll partner with you with Instagram blogs, things like that. Say. We take tons of photos. We're taking different angles. We're telling people uh, where to go. Down. Oh, my gosh. This is where look you should left. look. look Brush up. your hair back. Your hair's in your face. You're doing this. Is there something in your teeth? What are you doing? Yeah. We are constantly directing. And I, I have 100% told people, if I come to this, I'm going to be yelling at you during this photo. And don't take it personally. It's just to make it be a better photo. Mm-hmm. You're going to appreciate it more in the end. And then I pass my phone over to the other person. And they take one photo, I'm blinking, and I look gross, and that's it. They walk away. You know, and sometimes it's hilarious because it feels like they're taking a lot of photos because they're holding the phone for so long. What but is they that? only get one photo back. And like, I, what were you doing? I will be the first person to admit I have chirped people for doing this because they will stand there forever. And I'll be doing different angles. I'll be moving. I'll be whatever. And then I'm like, how did it go? And they're like, oh, I took one. Are you, are you done? You took one <laughs> in all of that time. Like how many? And always take more. Um, it was very funny. I had always a, take more. I had a new coworker take a photo of me because I was really hoping to get this one photo that I had a vision for. And so I was like, can you take this photo for me? And we probably spent 10 minutes at least in this like stairwell to take this photo. And we tried different angles. We tried yeah. different areas. And she's the first to admit she's not on any social media. This is not a thing that interests her. Mm-hmm. But she knew that I was going to ask her for a, th- a thousand and four photos. Mm-hmm. And we did. We have a whole like you scroll through my phone and it's like, okay, all of a sudden there's a hundred photos of the staircase. And there's the one. There's the one, there's right? And it's, <laughs> it's important and you have to find that. And so sometimes it's just training people. Take as many photos. Take different angles. Don't be afraid to get in there. Please stop using your flash. You know, <laughs> find your lighting. Um, and I would say, you know, if you're in a social media role where maybe you aren't in the field as much, or maybe you are blessed to have a coordinator or someone to support you. With or a full-time that, photographer. With that type of work. Or a full-time photographer. I would still, wherever you can, whether it's with your personal account or, you know, a test account, to still get out there and make sure that you're staying up to date with the new features and the different angles and, and all of that stuff. Well, and how to edit photos properly. And mm-hmm. don't oversaturate. Don't mm-hmm. do any of these. Don't make it too grainy or too faded. Like... Make sure your photo still looks real because that's the biggest um, advice I can ever ever give to anyone who's running any sort of user-generated content campaign is that you want to make sure that the photos look attainable. They look like something that any person could take if they know how to take a photo. So you want to make sure that the photos that you're taking are attainable. If you're going to go to this restaurant, you're going to eat this food. Mm -hmm. If you're going to go to this beach, you're going to see this photo. Mm -hmm. If you spend half a day setting up this photo shoot. (laughs) Climbing. It's it's not. Over the cliff. (laughs) I mean, okay, climbing over the cliff. I mean, you have to do that sometimes. And it will take me half a day and it it will be a struggle the entire way. (laughs) But I mean, you want to make sure that the photos that you're doing are genuine because if you are running a user-generated content campaign and you're only using the best and the best of the best, which I mean, if it is your brand, Fill your boots. Do mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. But know that. Wait, what did you just say? Fill your boots. Like, Fill go your have boots? It. Yeah. I've never heard that phrase before. I don't understand what Mike has been teaching at <laughs> all. You didn't understand what? whip a shitty. You don't understand fill your boots. I don't understand. Can you just explain what it means to fill your boots? Fill your boots. Like, you know, 
Um, <laughs> have your fill, right? Like, uh, do what you want. You do you. <laughs> it is the original, like, rural you do you is you fill your you. boots. Okay. All right. I... I'm That's so disappointed in, in Mike right notes. now. <laughs> I, just, I, I don't know how you don't know this. This is a, but yeah, you do you, right? You know, do your thing. But if you are only showing the best of the best and showcasing, show, showcasing the greatest. That might turn some people off. It's going to turn some people off and it's going to make it seem unattainable. I think it's definitely, especially with something like Instagram, it's a balance between that sort of lifestyle that you can attain, but also because there is an aspirational element to it that people do enjoy. I would say. Well, and I mean, sometimes I do a photo where I like flip my skirt and it looks really nice. We took the perfect photo, right? I mean, it took a long time to do that. There was a lot of like flipping and stuff that happens. And if you have a vision, yes. it'll happen. Yeah. No, that's the other thing. I recently was talking to kids about social media and what a social media specialist does or, or is. And Can you explain it to me? And, <laughs> and one of the things I said was, you know, social media specialists or working in social media, you have to be a photographer. You yeah. have to be a video editor. You have to be an art director. You really do. You have to be all of these things. And I also always joke that my cat, anything, okay, so my husband, if you, for listeners, regular listeners of this show, you'll know that my husband takes a lot of my photos for me. And people will be like, wow, he's such a good photographer. And I'm like, it's my vision. <laughs> well, I mean, but Mike has the, he has skill. And I mean, it's not something he, I think, was born with. Yeah, that's true. But I think that it's something that you have helped guide careful, his way. Careful guides, yep. I mean, I didn't write him a document, but it's no, ingrained in his But, head. I mean, you have you have yelled at him enough that he has gone through. But uh, I think, like, sorry, yeah. just a – it's not all just photos, right? For I mean, sure. to your point, what social media does and why you so often at larger brands have social media teams is social media is your PR. They're your communications. Mm -hmm. They're your customer service. Mm -hmm. They're interacting with people. They're your brand and digital reputa reputation. Um, they're your marketing. They're going out there and they're sharing things. Uh, there's so much that social media is doing that it's it's more than just a one note thing. Mm -hmm. And I think as people listening to this podcast, you probably know that, but it's good to be reminded that you wear many hats. You wear many hats. It's definitely a tough gig, but we are here in solidarity with other social media people listening we feel you. right now. Um, so one of the winding down, <laughs> you know, we could just talk for hours. We could. <laughs> In your role at AMA, we actually worked together a few times on some influencer campaigns. We have. So actually, one of the things that I reference in some of my influencer training sessions is the specificity oh. of some deliverables that's, that some of your agreements and contracts um, that you wrote uh, for me were. And I actually use it in, in a good way. I'm yeah. like, you know what? If you know, I think the example was you wanted a photo of me in the frame with yeah. a with a hotel behind me that wasn't like a selfie. So it was like a good, good clean shot where I'm visible with the hotel. Absolutely. And I think it's important to so when I talk about that in my sessions, I, I basically use it as, you know, you know what you want or make sure you know what you want out of the influencer partnership. And obviously that type of photo for your client, if that's the hotel, was important. I think it's important to to say that. Yeah. So can you just talk about your, um, I guess, quick tips for working with influencers, maybe thinking about strategy and also about those deliverables and kind of being clear about what you're looking for. Absolutely. So first of all, thank you in advance for including a photo of me beside this where you're saying, who writes good contracts? It's this girl. <laughs> that, I appreciate that. I appreciate that you do this all the time. I'm sure that you do. 
Uh, so I think one thing that I have a very unique outlook on here, and I know that you do as well, is that we both have worked as influencers and worked as the brand Wait, and the marketers hiring influencers. Yes. And so because of that, we know that you want to be very specific in what you're doing, not so specific that the influencer can't have fun, that they can't right. be, cre- uh, be creative, creative and know yeah. what they're doing. But if there are certain things that you want to do, if you're partnering with somebody, especially when it's a larger thing, so if we're sending you on a trip, and so we've done that, we've, we've sent you on a trip and we've said, hey, here are things that we want to have you highlight. Um, make sure that you're in this. Make sure that we have photos of you. And if you want a photo, a copy of those photos, ask for a copy of those photos because we always did because we want to promote the things that you're doing. Mm -hmm. So we're going to share that as well. Do you need to be tagged in everything that they do? And when you're tagged, do you want to be tagged in the photo or do you want to be tagged in the tweet or the mention or in the post? Is Instagram story okay? Or do you want Instagram post? Mm -hmm. How many of each are a minimum? Because I think you want to give creativity. You want to let people do that. You also want to do research on the influencer that you're partnering with, Mm -hmm. right? Like I know that if you're going to something – you're going to be doing some tweets. You're going to be doing some Instagram stories. You're going to be doing things like that because that's what you do. But other people I've partnered with before, they're not people who do that. So I know that, okay, well, we're probably not going to get tweets for this, but we'll get some Instagram stories or we'll get this. So, I mean, always know who you're partnering with. There are things like when I was working for the Alberta Motor Association, um, part of the things that we are talking about all the time is road safety. And (laughs) somebody at this table who I love dearly, uh, makes a lot of car karaoke videos and things like that, which show people so not say, yeah. being safe on the road. It's called karaoke. Uh, like, don't be a weirdo who calls it car karaoke. <laughs> so karaoke. I think you did specifically say in one of the agreements, please do not film yourself singing in the vehicle. One hundred and ten percent. When hiring and partnering with Linda, because road safety is something that's so important to us, we put that in there, and it, it's not. That it was only Linda specific, but right. you definitely influenced it because I was like, well, because I, that, that's something that matters, right? We don't want right. to show that person in anything that would cause them potentially injury or that would for potentially sure. make a dangerous thing. I mean, I know that we have definitely put stuff, and I don't think it was ever a concern for you, but, you know, please don't drink and drive. Mm-hmm. Please make sure that you're governing yourself accordingly mm-hmm. when you're at these things. Like, you're covering your butt as well absolutely, from a company but perspective. Also, you want to make sure that. Your brand aligns. I can be a little bit more swearsy. So <laughs> if you don't want me to be swearing in a post. Note that. Note that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if I feel like you are crossing a line and not letting me be who I am, then we're going to have conversation. And For every sure. contract I've ever sent has been a negotiation. I don't know yeah. if the one I sent you also mentioned that you have to give me cookies in it. It but did like, say that. Yes. I ignored it. I know you did, but <laughs> you messaged me about it. And so uh, what I like to do when I'm working with See if people are influencers the agreement. <laughs> is make sure that they read the agreement. And one thing that I also do, and I think it's super important, um, write the contract. But then right before you're partnering with the influencer to do something, make sure that you send them an email with all the information mm-hmm. to remind them of it. And I don't know if you found these valuable, but I always find them really valuable as you write and say, hey, Linda – this is what you're doing. This is who your point of contact is. This is what time you're expected to be at this thing. It's always this is helpful what this is. to have more information. Absolutely. I'd say. rather have more than too little. And if you and can to try to guess. And if you can reference back to one email mm-hmm. rather than having to search back and forth or find this contract that you dealt with you. Yeah. Absolutely. It's so much more valuable to you. And then one thing as a brand that I found works really well uh, is that if you put things in there, so one thing that we would put in is we would work with other people who are different partners that we would also mm-hmm. do things with. So the main focus would always be on 
X brand. Yep. But other partners would be associated with it. Mm-hmm. And what we would always put in there is, hey, we're doing X partner. The reason that we've partnered with X partner is this. It's because this ties into so this or that. sometimes it's because you also get a discount there, mm-hmm. or they're really valuable because of this, or we really like supporting this business or whatever. Um, and I find that almost every single time I've worked with an influencer and I've put that in there, the influencer has made mention of that yeah. because a it's a fun usually, fact. It's a fun fact. <laughs> B, it's usually something that you're grateful for talking about. It's useful for the audience, and it's something probably. that's useful for the influence. I, I mean, when I was um, so I did one. We partnered with Best Western. I stayed at um, the lovely Best Western Premier Leduc, uh, the <laughs> Denim Suites, uh, which is actually a really nice hotel. And the first time I went there, I was like, this is a Best Western. Um, but besides, I'm not getting paid anything for this. I just, it was very nice. Um, one of the things we partnered with was uh, Sephora. It was face masks. And I mentioned, oh, if you buy online, you get a discount on it. Sephora is also not a sponsor of this podcast. Just, I'm mentioning a lot of things that are not sponsors. I mean, any of you can hit me up and we can we can have a conversation. But um, but anyway, so I had so many people come back to me and say, oh, I didn't know this. And I'm sure you get the same thing. And so yeah. uh, as a brand partnering with influencers, make sure to spell everything out. Make sure to be open to them pushing back. Mm-hmm. Make sure to know the influencer. So for Linda, I know that you appreciate local food. You do go to chains. But I'm not going to tell you to go eat at, you know, insert chain here mm-hmm. when I could tell you to go to eat at a local establishment that I right. know is really good and up your alley. And I've also – I had um, I had a different tourism trip where the main restaurant for lunch on the itinerary was a chain. And I pushed back and said, hey – we have that in Edmonton. Is there a more local place that we could go? So Absolutely. that's, yeah. So knowing the influencer, knowing the type of things that they post, that's sort of not, but yeah. again, not to say that I don't post or eat at chains, because I do. Because you do. All I'm the not time. a food snob. <laughs> I mean, one of us is, and it's not you. Uh, Side note, I will note that cario- my karaoke, yeah, I'm still on karaoke. Oh my gosh. You have to <laughs> my karaoke actually got me a different influencer partnership where they wanted me to do karaoke. Which is amazing. And I think that it, it absolutely, like, no brand is the same, right? And so I think it's important. Exactly. But for a brand that was very focused on driver education and safety. Of course, that makes sense. It was not, it was not a great fit. Anyways. Um, but I think that also it just speaks to if you know the influencer you're working with, if you do a little bit of research. I mean, one thing that we have definitely talked about a million times and will consi- consistently yell about is, Look to make sure the influencer is even going to be a value to you and right. what kind of value that they're going to be. Because right. not all influencers are equal. And it doesn't mean that you need to go with a person with the largest audience. It means that sometimes you're yeah. going with somebody who is the most engaged audience or mm-hmm. that are posting and they align with your values. Mm-hmm. Um, who has but a also, style or a tone that matches with you. Absolutely. And so, one thing that we always try to do is match what we are asking to the influencer and find out what is important to them because you're going to get more genuine and interesting content mm-hmm. back from the influencer. When it makes sense for them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, okay, so my final question for this podcast to you is sort of a two-parter. Oh. I'm finding that my interview style is often like two or three questions when I just kind of like throw it at the person and see what sticks. I will point out that back in the day when we both took radio and television at Nate, mm-hmm. uh, I took radio, you took television, that was frowned upon greatly. Yeah, well, I still got a I'm not even going to talk about my GPA. Wow. I mean, you might find some Star Awards downstairs in the studio. (laughs) They stopped doing Star Awards. The years I was here, there was no Star Awards. And then I came back as a judge all the time, and I was judging all the Star Awards. Star Awards are the radio and TV awards for the student. Do they still do? 
Now, so Matt, yeah. the, our producer, is our current radio student, and he's shaking his head. They don't do Star Wars anymore. You know what? Bad. It's one of those always a bridesmaid, never a bride situations. I'm constantly out here giving talks, giving the awards, <laughs> never the one receiving the awards. Why, Linda? <laughs> Why? Sorry, man. We did the Edmonton New Media Awards where we gave out social media awards. Yeah. Did I ever win an award? No. I mean, but you're an organizer, so you can't. Exactly. There would be a scandal. Always the bridesmaid. Okay, so my last two-part question is. Yes. If you could leave the social media specialists and interested listeners here today with your most important advice for either developing content or approaching social media, or you could flip it and be like, you know what, these are what I hate about what people are and companies are doing on social media. Don't do this. Please don't yeah. do this. What would you say? Oh, man. Okay, so many things. So many things. I, I mean, mean, but not like so many, you know, we don't so want to So many things. <laughs> Too long. Welcome here. to my TED Talk about <laughs> social media. This has been me. So, okay. So if I had to say positive things, so for personal brand, easily 100% of the time, be a real f***ing person. Whoa. That's the question. Whoa. That's it. And uh, I my, didn't give you a guideline to no swearsies You didn't. You didn't say no swears. <laughs> I, was, I tried not to swear. We it's going to be my one. That's fine. There's, We're all adults here. Probably. Gosh, I hope so. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, teens on the internet who've definitely not heard worse. <laughs> so I think be a real person. Be be genuine. Be who you are. Um, that doesn't mean show every single wart that you have or anything, but be the best possible version of yourself. And, you know, share when you're having bad days. You know, do, be tactful in it, but be real. And fill your boots. Fill your boots. <laughs> Just you do you. <laughs> I guess I don't know how you did not know that. Uh, for brands, I think the biggest thing is to know your audience and to know who you are and document things. Document what you plan to do. Have an idea for it. And don't just do a tactic because you think the tactic's fun. Everyone's doing video. That's great. Why would you do video? Why? What is it about this that makes good sense and that makes you want to do this? Um, for things that I hate, stop using bots. Stop it so much. You're ruining my experience on the internet because your bots are following me. Like auto I hope that they're real DMs, people. Auto comments. And then Instagram purges a whole bunch of people and it turns out there's dumb bots the whole time because you're too lazy to do your own damn social media. Stop being lazy. Do your own stuff. It doesn't mean you have to be perfect. It doesn't mean you have to do 18 posts a day. Don't Find what works for you. Don't be shady. Um, and please be more inclusive in the things that you do. I don't think we fully talked about as much of that, but be inclusive. Um, you know, be welcoming to women at the table. Be welcoming to fat women. Be welcoming to queer and non-binary people. Be welcoming to, you know, black, indigenous, people of color. Um, be welcoming. Because I think that we're only going to be better if we work together and we, you know, work towards making the world a better place for us all to actually be in. And that means that if you're partnering, if you're doing influencer campaigns and things like that, don't just stick to a whole bunch of white people. Don't just stick to a whole bunch of the same very sweet blonde people. <laughs> like focus on other people, focus on different experiences. Okay. Um, you know what? I'm a, a fat woman. I can still hike. It is, it will take me longer to hike than a, <laughs> Young, beautiful 18-year-old who can fly up the mountain like she's a freaking witch. But you can but do it. But I will do it. And you I will share colorful commentary about I believe, it. I believe I said it was the Hunger Games and I want somebody <laughs> to send me something because I was dying. It's fine. But, I mean, that's the experience, Look right? Look beyond and, the typical. And so, actually, um, with that, so the beautiful young girl who 
flew up the mountain, uh, we shared each other's stories at the end of the day because it was hilarious to see how she had flown up and did yoga for an hour before anyone <laughs> caught up with her. And I struggled the entire time and I thought I was going to die and I yelled at a pregnant woman. It's fine. It's another thing. Um, I didn't yell at her. I yelled about her afterwards because she lied to us. Uh, don't she? Because she climbed that that whole mountain, and then she was like, "It's so easy. Look at me. I'm pregnant." I did. It was not easy. It was not easy. I digress. But uh, the two of us, it was really funny because it was a video of like what the perfect expectation was versus, you know, the struggle is real. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes having that balance is really fun. It's real and it is genuine and authentic and makes your brand better. So um, don't always look for the shiniest and prettiest thing. Sometimes look for things that are more real. And don't always share the shiniest and prettiest things. Absolutely. Share things that are imperfect. Share when you have a flat tire. Share when your friend has taken 92 turns to park in a parking stall. Even though you thought that it was not able to be done, she did it. She's outstanding. But it took <laughs> it took time. And you closed your eyes for part of it because, oh, it even. was scary. All right, I'm going to cut it you off It was scary. Now. So thank you to our guest, Brittany LeBlanc. Thank you. She calls herself the best person to follow on the internet. Uh, you can you find can me. You can make that decision yourself. You can find me as at Brittle on uh, everything that's B-R-I-T-L. Um, on Instagram and Twitter. Instagram, Twitter. Because she's not on Facebook. Well, I'm on Facebook. You don't really just have like, a blog. Why? Whoa. I'm just, I'm sorry that I'm, it's no point. I am your host, Linda Huang. Thank you for listening to this episode of Don't Call Me a Guru. We got some nice show credits coming at you in a second, thanking a bunch of key people and places that make this podcast what it is. And yeah, I hope you listen again next month. And thank you for listening. <laughs> You're welcome for talking. <laughs> The podcast you are listening to today was produced by Matt Matischuk at the Nate Radio and Television Studios. The music bed for this episode was produced with the help of Doug Hoyer. The logo for Don't Call Me a Guru was designed with the help of graphic designer Rory Lee. Don't Call Me a Guru is a member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB Financial. ATB Financial.